Mm-hmm. You know, if you're unhappy with something, like you have the choice to change things to make you happy. And he would just say that all the time. Um, and I always like, think about that, like when I'm going through life's decision, like if I'm not happy about something, what can I do to make myself happier or others happier? From somewhere around the world, welcome to the Black Women Travel Podcast. Hi, my name is Wanda Duncan, and I'm so glad you're joining me as we explore the paths of Black women who've made travel a large part of their lives. Welcome to the show. Hey loves, it's Wanda, the host of the Black Women Travel Podcast. I'd like to invite you to become a patron of the Black Women Travel Podcast. There are a few budget-friendly tiers you can choose from so that as a community, we can continue to heal, ask for what we deserve, get it, and inspire the next generation. Tap the link in the show notes and choose a monthly contribution that suits you. I'm so excited about the episodes you'll hear that will nudge you to love yourself deeper and take more action in your life from that empowered place. Please consider becoming a monthly subscriber through patreon.com slash bwtpod. Get ready to hear another great episode. Thanks so much for joining us today. Can you please tell us your name, where you're from, your current location, and the name of your business? Okay, perfect. My name is Elise Graves. Sometimes I go by Lily. I am from Maryland, and my current location is in Maryland. Um, My business is Black Girl Travel Slay. So, like, give us all of the juice. Um, How did travel enter your life? Um, So, I grew up with five siblings. I mean, it was five of us total. So, the cost of us vacationing and going on flights was limited. But my dad, he was very creative and um, he would find ways for us to travel. And uh, my mom is very frugal too. So we would drive down to Florida. And for me, that was like so much fun. Like 12 hours in the car with my family driving down. I I couldn't do that now, (laughs) but as a child, um, it was really fun and like, I would just look forward to going down to Florida and just going to the amusement parks and the beaches. And it was just like a real escape for us. And that was like my first, I would say, dabbles with traveling. But what really started piquing my interest with international travel was in high school. And um, I had this Spanish teacher who was from Morocco, but pretty much grew up in Spain in France, and she would just tell us amazing things about Morocco, you know, France and and Spain. And, you know, one lesson in her class, she actually had us like make mayonnaise. She's like, I don't understand like what you guys eat here in like the US, like this container mayonnaise, but you know, we're gonna learn how to make mayonnaise like the Parisian way. And it was just like such 
I, it just something just sparked me and I'm like, I have to go to Spain. I have to go to, you know, France. I have to go to Morocco. And I didn't get my passport until I was about 18 years old, 18, 19. And that's when I first left the country. And after that, you could not keep me in the country. Like I just wanted to find any and every way to leave out of the U.S., whether it was with, um, you know, my undergraduate programs, um, just anything. Um, so, yeah, really what, what sparked my travel, I would definitely say my, my Spanish teacher in high school. That's so interesting that, because a lot of people, like, have to take a language, I think, these days. It's either like a language or like art or something like that. Yeah, for us, you were required to take like a foreign a foreign language um, in high school. I can't remember how many years. I think it was like at least two years, but you had to take a, a foreign language. Mm-hmm. But that's really, really cool. I wonder like how many other Black women have been inspired that same kind of way. Because a lot yeah. of times it either comes from their family or like they just say they were born with it or something like that. I haven't heard of like, because <laughs> I mean, our education system is like not the best. <laughs> so No, you're, you're right. I mean, I think it's, it's pretty basic. Like, I don't know, like she was European. So she came with like, well, she grew up mainly in Europe. I mean, she was from Africa, but she had that like travel mindset. I think when you meet a lot of people abroad, like it's like their norm because, well, I feel like they're just so close to other countries where the U.S. like we kind of just really mind our own business and worry about what we're doing instead of like, you know, everyone else in the world. Um, so it reflects in our education system and it reflects on like our travel. So you know, that was the first time I really was exposed to someone that was just so, I wouldn't even say, I don't want to say cultured, but just, just was so, I, I don't even know. I would say just global, like <laughs> I would describe it like a, as a word for her, but she just was just, she had a lot of depth and she just had that non-American mentality because usually you're not really exposed to that in, in schools. Like, like most of your teachers are yeah. American and they have American values. Girl, American those teachers, I'm thinking back to my teachers and my teachers were like literally trying to pay bills. Like that's looking back. Yes. They were just. Yes. yes. So when you were just trying to make it through with some smart exactly. Alec kids. You know, like. and, and with her, like she was just, she loved what she did. And like, you could tell, like I said, like, I mean, we, we, she like, you know, bought some students over from, from, from France, from this immersion program. And like, she was just so excited. And like I said, we, we spent the day like making mayonnaise and she was like, so excited. Like I never thought I would get excited about making mayonnaise in class, but she just was like, no, like you have to try the Parisian way. It just really sold it to us. So it was just nice getting that different perspective and just excitement in the classroom. So you get your passport and you're figuring out how to fund your travels. Um, what did your parents think? Like what your, your other family members and friends think about that? So this is how most of my travel 
honestly started. It, it started in undergrad. And when I was applying to colleges, the most important thing for me was to study abroad programs. So at the time I was going to, I was thinking about the schools that I, I wanted to, to, to attend. And I'm like, okay, well, let me look at their study abroad programs because I want to travel. So either I'm going to do a summer abroad, um, you know, semester, I just need to make sure that their study abroad programs are popping. So I, I looked at University of Maryland College Park, uh, Georgetown, Spelman, NYU, and I applied to all those schools and Howard University as well. So UMD accepted me and that was like it, okay, because their programs were amazing. So I applied to my first program um, over the summer to Kingston, Jamaica, and it was a program um, for anthropology. So it was a month in Kingston, and I remember like going to my parents, and I'm like, hey, like, um, you know, I'm thinking about applying to this program. And, you know, they, they listen, but I guess when you say like you're thinking about it, they don't really digest it. So then I'm like, hey, like, you know, I got into this program, like I'm going to be gone. And then, you know, we took the steps. My dad took me to the post office. We applied for my passport. And in 2006, 2007, like that was a time where you had to travel with a passport, but birth certificate was still an option to Jamaica. So they just changed the rules over. So everybody was applying for a passport and my passport actually never came. So, you know, um, I was, I was super stressed cause I'm like, oh my God, like how am I supposed to, like, this is my first time overseas. Like, you know, I don't have my passport yet, but you know, the rules that it was still like, kind of like to the point where you could travel with a birth certificate. And, um, you know, I told my dad again, he's like, you know, where are you going? You know what? You, I know you're going to Jamaica, but where are you going? And I'm like, Kingston. And he like freaks out. He's like, what do you mean? you're going to Kingston, like, it's so dangerous, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, Dad, like, I've been telling you for, like, the last, like, five, six months, like, that I, that that's my plan. I'm going to Kingston. And, you know, he was super supportive, like I said, in terms of helping me get a passport. But when it actually came down to, like, going to Kingston and, like, days before, he was just, like, freaking out. And, you know, he's so dramatic, like, taking me to the airport, making sure everything was packed, you know, sending me money if I needed it. Um, and it was just incredible, I, I think, like, just going through that whole process. And I will never forget my dad. He was just like... I didn't think you would be the adventurous one. I thought your brothers, because I, I have four brothers. And it was like, I thought your other brothers would just like venture the world. Like, and I'm like, no, like this is just always something I wanted. So in terms of financing it, um, I was blessed because a lot of, um, it came through, you know, University of Maryland, like with the grants. Um, so that's how I was able to, and, and I had a part-time job working at Chipotle. So all the money that I, that I made from Chipotle, I put into, you know, my savings and, you know, booking my flight and everything. And I think in general, traveling with your university makes things so much easier because you're 
your professors really look out for you. Like if you need a visa, they handle like accommodations. Um, they handle like, you know, what you're going to be eating and just travel on the ground. So, um, and just the itineraries in general. So you're pretty much just showing up, bringing your laptop, making sure you read all the books prior to going. And I had an amazing time. It was literally the best time of my life. And that's when I really got hooked. So every summer I would apply to different study abroad programs. So that was really like kind of um, helped me build my, I guess, travel experiences and travel journeys around the world. So how many study abroad programs did you end up being a part of? A lot, actually. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm telling you, I was a type, I'm like, if I could get credits towards this degree and be abroad, I'm going to do it. And that's exactly what I did. So the first program I did was in Jamaica. The next summer, I went to El Salvador and I went to Egypt, Jordan, in Palestine, if you consider Palestine um, a country, um, in Israel. And that was a really interesting program because I remember this was like during the financial recession. And um, I also didn't have the GPA to, to get into the program out of my sophomore year because like I was, I was struggling a little bit. But it wasn't like terrible, but it wasn't like, I think you needed like a three- three or three, four to get into the, that summer program. And I went to the study abroad um, career fair or the study abroad like affair, like they have every, twice a year. And I was just kind of talking, you know, just seeing what countries I wanted to go to and just speaking to the professors. And I'm like, well, you know, I really don't have the GPA to get to this summer program. And they're like, just apply because a lot of pe- students weren't applying because of the, the financial recession. They just didn't have the extra money yeah. um, to spend on like flights. Exactly. exactly. So, you know, what I decided to do, I'm like, well, you know what, let me just try to maximize. The worst they can say is no. So I applied to two programs because I just couldn't figure out which one I wanted to do. I'm like, oh my God, this program in El Salvador seems really good. Like I could give back to the community and just, you know, experience El Salvador. And then I was looking at the programming in Egypt Israel and Palestine, and that was pretty much around the um, Israel-Palestinian conflict. And I really didn't have much exposure or know much about it uh, prior to taking that course. And I'm like, okay, I'll just apply to both. And what happened is I, I ended up getting into both programs. And um, just and this is another side story, just to, to, to just kind of motivate people to just do whatever they they feel like doing and just apply and try like don't let others tell you like you can't do it but when I was in Egypt um, I was talking to the professor there and I just was thinking about like oh you know eventually like I want to go to grad school and he looks at me and he's just like you don't have the GPA and then I look back at him and I'm like but I got into this program and like his face literally just like this was stuck because it's like, okay, yeah, like you don't think I get in graduate school, but at the same time, I didn't have the GPA to get into this undergraduate program, but I still am here and I'm still present. So I think like, you know, college is tough. You know, you're trying to figure out who you are. You're trying to make good grades and you're trying to figure out the next step, but you know, just keep putting one foot forward. Just the worst people can say is no. And 
in graduate school, I actually just graduated my master's last year. Um, I, I was able to go to Indonesia, Malaysia, and Singapore. So yeah, I've, I've traveled a lot with undergraduate and I did another program in Morocco, um, an undergrad and another program in Jordan. So yeah, I've been able to travel a lot with, with, um, with school, with academia. So if you would give someone a tip, like if someone is also trying to like apply for these academic programs, what, what are like your top one or two tips that you would tell them aside from like, just go for it regardless of, the financial or gradational. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, I would say go to if they have like the the fairs, like I was saying, um, UMD had them twice a year. Go there and talk to the professors. And if you don't have a chance to talk to the professor, if it's like a really popular program and everybody's trying to talk to the professor, you can't, you know, go email them and try to like meet up with their with them at their office hours. I think sometimes like we forget like people are human. And um, if you just have a, just a big interest in something, just be like, hey, like, you know, I saw this program. I think this really aligns with what I want to do in my career. Or if you're doing like, you know, research, like, I, I don't know, like just really show interest. I think professors are just, they love when you're interested, right? Like they love like seeing you take that, extra step to see them, email them, ask them about their program, because this is something they're obviously passionate about if they're teaching it abroad, because it's one thing to teach in the, in the campus, but I think it's another level when you're teaching what you love overseas. I see that you are really big into cultivating your mindset. So like on your Instagram, you have think like a queen Queen's not afraid to fail. Failure is a stepping stone to greatness. And then like sometimes you post quotes and stuff like that. Where did you get this um, idea that you needed these kind of affirmations? Is this something that you grew up with or did you say, hey, like I have really big aspirations in my life. I need to keep my mind strong. I need to build myself up. I just think, wow, that's so interesting. Like I've never had someone read me like that on IG. Like sometimes you just think you're just putting stuff out there, but to actually for you to kind of reflect and look at that, that's really interesting perspective. Um, I would say my parents, for sure. You know, especially my dad. Like he's always like, you know, if you're unhappy with something, like you have the choice to change things to make you happy. And he would just say that all the time. Um, and I always like, think about that, like when I'm going through life's decision, like if I'm not happy about something, what can I do to make myself happier or others happier? Um, and I think those life experiences, like just thinking about what he said and just going through life, it, it's really hard to, to push your, it's really easy to kind of just crawl into a ball and just feel sad about things and just stay in that dark place. So like, even now, I think with the COVID-19 happening, people are, even me, like it's easy to just feel sad or like, you know, you're not traveling, you're not as active 
and I and I have to continuously like change my mindset. Like it's okay. Like you're taking a break. Like this is time for you to really reflect on you know the beautiful things that you have in your life, which is your health, and you know to build on on your business. Um, you know you get to work from home. I'm just really just trying to keep that positive mindset versus like going into that that dark place, right? Um, I've I've had to like you know, turn off the news so I'm not, it's like, oversaturated on what's happening. Um, but, yeah, it, it just helps. I think just life experiences and my parents helped me with that, you know, just trying to refocusing and just always, like, refocus, challenging my thinking just to, to keep, keep, I don't know, does that really answer your question? I, I, I could yeah. ramble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. You were talking about not wanting to reach that dark place. Have you ever, have you ever reached a dark place? Oh yeah. I, I yeah, for sure. A couple times. And, and so many situations right now just go through my brain. Um, to even go back to the financial crisis, um, an undergraduate and how difficult it was like trying to find a job that was so tough and like social media sometimes doesn't help right because you're seeing other people soar or like updating their linkedin or like starting their amazing careers and and that didn't happen for me um after graduating undergraduate and uh i definitely fell in a dark place at that time so right now where we have a lot of uncertainty, again, with what's happening in the world right now, I feel really bad for, you know, those that are supposed to graduate, you know, this, this semester and, you know, even within the next year, because we're just not sure what's, what's going to happen to the economy. Does that touch you? in particular because you are in the finance industry? Um, I think more so, yeah, being in the travel world. Like, for example, um, I was supposed to launch my first girls' trip with my brand yes. in June. So we spoke about this late last year, and we're like, you know, let's come together and do a trip. And I've always wanted to do a trip to Bali because I think traveling to Bali is just a lot on your own. Um, when I first, you know, went to Indonesia, it, I was just overwhelmed because Bali is so big. There's just so many different islands. There's so many different places. And um, I, I, I would just like, read so many different articles. I'm like, okay, well, where do I stay at in Bali? They're just, it's just, it's just confusing. So I was just like, you know what? My first trip, let's, let's go big or go home. Let's go, let's do Bali because it's not really an easy place. Like going to the Caribbean. Like for me, I feel like Caribbean's home. Like it's not that long of a flight, um, you know, from the U.S. It's, a lot of times they speak English. Sometimes you can use the same currency. So it's very familiar. It's not so different. But like when you go to Asia, the flight's super long. Um, the currency is different. Um, it's just 
culture is different, you know, religion, everything. Um, so I was just like, you know what, let's, let's run a trip out to, to Indonesia. I really wanted to be, you know, my first trip. But right now we're looking at postponing to September. But I'm even worried. I'm not sure if we'll even be back to really travel safely in regards to other countries just allowing us in. Because um, I, don't, I don't think China's right now allowing foreigners in their, in their borders right now. So it definitely has impacted the business for sure. Um, before the crisis happened, I think a lot of people were like really interested in the trip. Um, now everyone who has, has purchased with us, they're like, they want a refund. Um, you know, they're afraid, which I totally understand. And like their safety is our priority. Um, but we're, we're just going to postpone to September and see what happens then. Um, what about your, uh, and the trip is, uh, you said a collaboration between Black Girl Travel Slay and Miles of Melanin. Yes. Just to, so everybody could keep an eye out for that. Um, so yeah. possible um, rescheduling for September. Yeah. And I'm sure you'll announce it once. Yeah. The dust settles. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but I'm wondering, so, uh, you finished your education last year, you graduated, Mm -hmm. um, you had a few different positions last year and this last one is in the financial sector. Mm -hmm. Is it a job that you're excited about or is it something that you just needed to do to kind of pay the bills? Because I also saw that you actually want to become a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you did your research. <laughs> so I definitely say the job that I'm doing now, I love it and I hate it. I love it because it challenges me. And then I also hate it, hate it because it challenges me. And it's just so different. Um, you know, I worked maybe like four or five years within like working at NGOs, like the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund. And it's a very old school mentality in, in, in terms of thinking. Like when you're in one position, you typically stay in that position for years. Like it's not really much room for growth, which is a reason I went back to school and and um, eventually leaving those organizations. And like, I I think they're great if you come in at a high level, but if you come in and you're not, um, or in a high level, like you're kind of just, you're stuck in those positions for years. And I didn't want that to happen to me. Um, they're, they're great for your resume and it allowed me this opportunity for my new job, which I love. And like I said, I love it and I hate it at the same time because it's so challenging. And then it's also corporate. So corporate, um, it's difficult for me to transition into, I mean, okay, I'm not going to say it's difficult. It's just, I'm transitioning into a new pace. Corporate is very fast and you can have deliverables like so many at one different time where 
you know, I got really comfortable in my old jobs. Like, oh, okay, you kind of knew the work, you knew the job, and you go from there. Um, in my new position, you get so many different projects. So it can be completely different than the previous one you worked on a month ago. And it also allows for travel, which I, I love. Um, and because there's so many different projects you get to work on, the work is like really, it's cool, it's interesting. And, you know, one, one training I got to work on a couple months ago was like this training in Manila because we have an office out in the, in the Philippines. So, you know, I did a cultural training, like, you know, where it's Western culture versus like Asian culture. So that was super fun. Like for me, like I love that. Um, I eventually see like my, my next career uh, becoming a lawyer. Um and uh, I think that stems from just having a business. Um, you just need that. You you just need that that legal knowledge. Like my, one of my really good friends, thank God, is like a lawyer. So I I reach out to her a lot because I get a lot of um, you know opportunities with Black Girl Travel Slate to collaborate with different different brands. So she's always like okay, hey, at least here's a template you could use or here's XYZ or if you need me to read over this, like, I can. So that's kind of one of my motivations to go to law school. And then two, like, I want to have a family. And if I have black children, like, I, I want to I have that law degree in my, in, my, in my pocket. For the specific purposes of protecting your black children or? Yeah, yeah. For sure. Just protecting So you don't know if you definitely gonna have black kids or not. <laughs> well, I mean, if, I mean, no. Oh, no. I mean, if, I guess, if I have children or not, but. <laughs> I'll just start with I, Yeah. No, because I, I do. You know, I you would. be traveling, you might just swirl it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But either way, I feel like the melon is just gonna take over. <laughs> But I don't know, my girl, I don't know. That's true too, because sometimes I'm like the picking is slim sometimes and I'm like, oof. <laughs> no, it's difficult. You know, you see the numbers where women are always just we, we just outnumber men um everywhere. So how do you feel about that? Because you haven't gone very far from home. Like how do you feel about your dating partner options? Um, I just feel like it's difficult dating. It's difficult dating. I, I think because, you know, living in the DMV area, like D.C., Maryland, Virginia, if you find, like, a guy that, you know, has a has a master's or, like, that's just rare. And then hopefully like they're not gay. I mean, I just, I mean, even in my, within my master's program, like there was probably two black people, black men in my program. And then one was taken and one was gay. So I'm just like, okay. I just feel like the, the options are very limited. And I feel like you have to downgrade because you can't really find the men that you would like to date. I think we've all watched enough Tyler Perry to know that that's not the way. <laughs> I never downgrade, okay? <laughs> never walk that back. 
you know, and I'm not saying you should, but I just, that's how I I'll, personally this feel. Me, I'm telling you, don't, don't do it. And if you're thinking about it, just go watch some Tyler Perry or talk to your parents. I, you know, you, and, you're, and you're absolutely right. <laughs> but I just, I just feel like even when you do date that guy that you're just like, oh, he has everything. He got like five other girlfriends. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I feel like right now dating hasn't been my focus. Um, it, it's more just like building myself and just developing the brand and just empowering black women. But I, I've kind of like not focused my life on, on dating anymore. Cause like I said, I was feeling that I had to, that I was compromising what I wanted by who I was dating. If that makes sense. It does. I also don't know what your standards are, but um, yeah, it's, it sounds like you're not necessarily pressed, but you, you also sound like it is a concern. So, I mean, I would just say do what the rest of us do. Like keep doing what you do and keep building your own happiness, keep your own heart. And then, keep your eyes open, particularly as you travel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. like that's the other thing is like a lot of people are locked into a zip code. And mm-hmm. as black women travelers, we absolutely are not. You also have to be careful there too. You have to be careful anyway, like mm-hmm. black women. So yeah. yeah. You um, started your... Black Girl Travel Slate brand in March of 2018, I believe. Yes. So the very first photo on the Instagram account is you. Um, it's a photo of you in uh, in front of the Taj Mahal. Um, I don't know if there's other photos of you because there's like three trillion photos, but I thought that was really cool that you would start the account in that way. So you say that you created Black Girl Travel Slay because on your way to becoming your best self, you wanted to also help other women to become their best self. And you're doing that by presenting these empowering images of Black women travelers. You actually say women of color, but like all I see are Black women. (laughs) How has that journey been for you? It's been a very interesting journey. Um, You know, I was, I remember like posting that first picture and like creating the name. I was trembling, like I was shaking. I was so nervous. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what are you doing? Like, you don't know what you're talking about. People are gonna think you're crazy, like, but, the month before I started Black Girl Travel, I did this um, course and it was with my spiritual mentor and it was on goal setting. And originally I was, I didn't want to take the course because I'm like, I don't need to take this course about goal setting. Like I already know what I, what I know. And, you know, my mentor kept reaching out. It was like, at least like, you know, I think you should just take this course. I think you should take this course. And I prayed about it. So I prayed about it and I ended up signing up for the course. And 
you know, after his, his course was finished, like that's the next month I, I started Black Girl Travel. And he just opened up, he just showed me so many different perspectives like that I thought I knew, you know, even about myself. Like I think it's important to do a lot of self-reflecting and investing money into yourself because another reason I didn't want to do the course is I was trying to be cheap. And I'm so glad that I invested that money and it, it created such an amazing place for black women. Um, again, like starting that journey was scary. Like I remember like I posted on my personal Instagram and then like I tagged black girl travel slide and I'm like, I didn't even know which photo to post, but I'm just like, okay, people are familiar with me on my timeline. So let me just post a picture of me versus a random, you know, black person uh, or black woman. And within that day I had like a hundred followers. So it was just like, okay, great. Like people are going to follow me. Like people are going to follow the brand. And it took a lot of work, a lot of like DMing people I didn't know. So I, I would DM probably like, 50 to 100 people, I would say every two weeks to a month, just saying, hey, can I, can I use your content? Like, th- this is the page that I'm creating. Like, I, I love your photos. They're very inspiring. Can I repost you? Um, and I still, to this day, ask women to, to, to use their content if they don't tag my brand or use my hashtag. And to see it now, I think I was looking at, the hashtag yesterday because I needed some content to repost. And I think it's almost over 30,000 people have have used the hashtag. And I remember it was just like one, you know. So to see that growth, it's like, wow. Like, oh my gosh. Um, And creating a, a safe space for Black women it's just been amazing. And I just, every day trying to figure out, okay, what can I do next? What can I do next? What can I do next? Like, how can we make this better? Um, and then some days, some days it's difficult. Like, you know, last week, um, the, the internet, internet can, is going to be who they are. Like they are going to say what they feel. And I think, that black girl travel like each day is getting more following or more engagement. Um, you just have to be careful on what you post. And I say that because last week I was promoting um, travel like a boss. She's a woman that has been uh, featured in Forbes magazines, um, essence magazine for helping other women of color travel solo so she just gives a, a, a tip since she has this master class so one of the photos that i used of her was her in zambia and she has this cheetah and she's like walking with the cheetah and as soon as she sent me the content i'm like super excited i'm like oh my god this is going to be great content and people did not like that i mean they dragged me for that post and i was just like really sad about it. I'm like, oh my God, like people don't like me anymore. They don't like the brand. Like, I mean, people were, I think they commented like what in the curl basset is going on. 
um, you know, someone even said like she should die. Like somebody wrote a comment like, you know, she needs to die, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, so sometimes like the brand, the brand has been for the most part, I would say 90%, 95% amazing. But there's sometimes just like that 5% where I, I need to make sure that I'm cognizant of like how people will receive the content. Sometimes it's hard to predict though. Like you can't be like yeah. too, too hard on yourself. But like, so that, like yes I mean, and no, right? So it's like, yes, you have to be cognizant of what you post, but also like everybody's learning. So it's just like riding elephants. Anybody who is a conscious traveler or an experienced traveler, like you don't promote riding elephants because you yeah. know by now that that is terrible for the elephants. Elephants yeah. need to be ridden. They cannot carry weight on their back like that. Yeah. So like scrolling through, it just seems like people who are commenting are just Tiger King just came out and everybody's been going crazy about that. So I see a couple like comments about Tiger King, but also just um, this animal is not an accessory type of thing. Animal abuse. Because, you know, from what we hear, like when people are up close with these wild animals, it's because they're drugged. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel you, but also, like, it's been two years. Like, you're going to get something. Even on YouTube, if Mother Teresa were alive and she posted something, she'd still get a thumbs down. Like, yeah, you're you're (laughs) absolutely right. But I think it was just, and and then I'm saying another, like, last week was a lot because I also posted another post. And um, people drag me again for this. And um, I, don't, I don't know if you saw that that um, meme that's pretty much going around, but it says, if you come, if you don't come out of this quarantine with a new skill, a side hustle, or more knowledge, um, you never lack time, you lack discipline. And like when I first saw it, like especially because for me, I see a lot of people in my time like, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, blah, 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 I'm bored, blah, 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 I'm bored. So, you know, I was just like, okay, let me just repost this. And the internet again dragged Black Girl Drops Lit. And um, people were like, you're super insensitive. You know, people just want to survive, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I didn't, I really honestly didn't think people would receive it in the way that they did. Um, but like I said, for me, like I'm seeing a lot of people in, in their timeline saying they're bored. I'm like, well, this could be inspiration for, you know, you to, to work on something that you haven't worked on before. Or just kind of like, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was going to be inspirational. It wasn't. Again, dragged me. So I think because they dragged me like two days in a row, I was just like, okay, this is too much. It's not really dragging you. I don't think that it's personal against you because... Okay, so let's see. How many followers do you have now? You have 59,000 followers. Um, So you're a travel influencer. So I think that what it is is when you you have a platform, people hold you more accountable. And this is what everybody who has become a public figure has had to deal with. Yeah. You're growing pains. Yeah. So the, the argument with that is just like, yes, it's a pandemic. People are saying they're bored, but they could just be saying that because you are a person that's used to self-reflection and you have to think about it, boo. Like 
I would say 90% of the world haven't been self-reflective. They've never had to spend this much time with themselves. They've always been busy. They've always been trying to feed themselves and working or planning trips. Um, We are pretty busy as a people, as a whole, or worried about working. So now that we are told to stay home, that's like super, super brand new for a lot of people. So, you know, (laughs) you have a lot of people on the internet who don't want to be there. Yeah. And a lot of people who are afraid, there's a lot of uncertainty. People generally don't like change. Um, So while your intention may have been good, it's just like, I guess people are in general, just kind of trying to navigate all of these changes that are happening, navigate their feelings, navigate not having the things that comfort them the most, especially like being told what to do. If you have a family, you have the kids around you all the time. Like (laughs) going grocery shopping is a chore because you don't want to catch it while you're out. Like there's just a a lot going on. So I, I get the intent and whoever created it, because I've seen that passed around. I get the intent. Yeah. Yeah. But as a self-reflective person, (laughs) I'm sure that if you take a look, it's like read the room, right? If you take a step back and you stay focused on the empowering part, and I know that's what you were trying to do, but like just maybe reflecting a bit more, especially since a lot of the content are just tests, right? Because when you were starting, you didn't know what was going to hit and what wasn't going to hit. Maybe something you thought wasn't going to hit, hit really hard. So, and you continue to test a little bit because your audience may be developing and maturing and growing just like you are as well. So it's just, you know, grace. It's just a lot of grace right now. So yeah. Um, And you can always archive those posts too. If you want it, you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that I'm struggling with too. Um, I'm stubborn in general. So a part of me is like, well, I'm, I'm not going to delete the post. I mean, that's how I felt. I thought it was good. So again, I have to get out of my own feelings and just kind of look at our, like above that level, like as, as a business mindset and just, you know, gaining more emotional intelligence. But like you said, like as the grand bro grows, like your, your following is going to hold you more accountable. So I'm just kind of getting like, Okay, so in your bio, you have that it's by you. It's by Lily Talks, right? Mm-hmm. But unless people are following your personal account, like they're following Black Girl Travel Slay, they're not attacking yeah. it to a human being. That's true. But because, I guess it's just easy to take pictures, it because it's like your brand. It right? is, but it's mm-hmm. not you. Mm-hmm. It's different if it were like, you know, Elise Graves retreats or what have you or at least yeah, yeah. Travels. and it's only yeah. photos of you and it's only like the things that you do but your yeah. platform is literally built off of other people's content and so the people who follow that account because they want to see all these beautiful pictures that's not the way they see it maybe that yeah. will help you and at the yeah. very least like you could make another post if you want to keep those two up like it seems like these people are interested in having a conversation 
And mm-hmm. so this is an opportunity for you to have that conversation. You could say, hey, last week was crazy. And I realized that this is and that. Let me reintroduce myself. My name is Lily. I would love to get to know you guys better. I'm sorry you were disappointed by the post, but like I'm open to having conversations. Like this is an opportunity for you to, to strengthen instead of just be like, I'm not going to delete it because my intent was good. Yeah. Like you could go a no, step that, further, you know? Yeah, that's definitely a good point. I wanted to ask you, do you have any self-care practices? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so (laughs) I think, well, me in particular, during this lockdown, I am doing a lot more self-care in terms of just kind of cleaning and, you know, utilizing things that I actually bought because, you know, Black Friday, we go crazy and we just buy stuff. And for me, that was Miel products. Meow organic hair products. And she had like 50% off everything. And now I'm actually using those products that I bought instead of going to get my hair done. You know, now I'm sitting in the house, deep conditioning my hair, um, you know, wearing a face mask, just cleaning out stuff that I don't need anymore in my room, like in my house, just anywhere. And um, also a part of my self-care this year um, it's just like self-care, like financially, like financial literacy. Um, I think that's a, I mean, I don't know if you would consider that self-care, but for me, I'm considering that self-care, um, and just really reflecting over my budget and keeping myself accountable within Excel spreadsheet that is very detailed. Um, I do not want my student loans anymore. I'm praying that these, you know, uh, bills that are that are supposed to come through in Congress um, really get passed, and you know, hold, holding myself more accountable financially—that is definitely my biggest self-care this year. And I'm sticking to it <laughs> in this lockdown, and I'm I'm really happy about that. Yeah, I think that's absolutely a form of self-care. Um, so many programs are running in our minds at any given time. So if it's something that is on your mind and on your heart and you actually feed it some attention and some energy to take care of it, I think that's really dope no matter yeah. which way you do it. Yeah. Are you a, a reader? Like, do you like reading or do you like taking courses? Are you like a, a busy kind of person or are you just like a, a tea sitting by the window, meditative kind of person? I could do both. Um, I actually started rereading some books, like um, A Thousand Splendid Sons. I love that book so much. And I was just cleaning out my um, all of my books because they're just all over the place. And that's literally been something that I've wanted to do for months now, but I just haven't given it any attention because I've just been running around a lot. So I'm like, you know, organizing my books and I'm just looking like, oh my God, I love this book. I love this book. And I actually am rereading another book that I bought years ago and it's Financially Fearless. And it's funny because it's it's, it's a, like a, 
a self-reflecting book, like financially. And I just laugh at the notes that I wrote in there years ago. I just, it's just funny just to, if you, if anyone has time during this like lockdown to just look at like notes that you wrote years ago, or like maybe post on Facebook or just something where you just journal, go back and read that. It's hilarious. Like I'm just reading like how I was financially five years ago. And it's just funny. Um, but you know, yeah, I've been keeping busy reading those books and also I like sitting by, you know, the window and just feeling the breeze too. So I could, I could do both. Um, I do get a bit antsy at times because I, I'm so used to, like you said, like just as people, we're just in a routine where we like our comfort zone. So just being in the house and, you know, I only leave typically to go to the grocery store. I'm so grateful to go to the grocery store. Like, I mean, I look forward to going to the grocery store. I look forward to taking an afternoon walk. And it's really making me appreciate the small things in life. Like I said, like, before anything, I'm healthy. And I'm just so grateful for that. I'm just so happy that I'm healthy during this time. And I just pray that everyone can stay healthy and my family stays healthy. Um during this this crisis but yeah like um there's also a a spanish course that i signed up for with one of the partners i collaborate with her name is hey dr court and she's based out of howard university and one of her she's a professor um spanish professor spanish teacher um professor at howard and her side hustle is pretty much offering online courses and after the three, four week online course, you um, emerge and practice your Spanish within country. And I actually did one of her programs last year at Tulum and it was amazing, amazing. And I'm redoing that course as well because she emailed me the other day. She's like, hey, Elise, like I've added some new content. So for me, I'm like, oh, okay, I could brush up on my Spanish skills. Um, I actually have a degree. My degree is in Spanish literature, language and culture, uh, but I really didn't speak Spanish that much out of college um, because I, I just, when, when you're not immersed in the culture, it's just different. Like when you read a book or, you know, you're preparing for an exam, that's what the professors do. They just kind of prepare you for the midterm, the final exam to get your degree. That's it. So anyway, I'm I'm taking her course um, as well to or redoing her course to make sure I'm keeping up with my Spanish skills because again, like last year was probably the most I've ever utilized Spanish in my life. Like I went to Costa Rica for a bachelorette party, then I went to Cuba with a partnership that I did with Black Travelgram, and then another partnership in Colombia. And then, again, I went to Tulum with Hey Dr. Court. So for me, that was like the most I've ever spoken Spanish in like Spanish-speaking countries ever in my life. And I was really nervous when we went to Costa Rica. Um, That was the first place we went. And they were just speaking so fast. And I'm like, I don't know what they said. And like, I'm trying to be the unofficial official translator. And it was just a train wreck. And I'm like, you know what? Like, that's it. Like, 
I have this whole degree in Spanish and, I'm, and it's my Spanish sucks. Like I need to invest outside of it. And when I met, Hey, Dr. Court, like when we were collaborating, I'm like, at least you collaborate with this woman that has courses. Like, why are you not taking her classes? So I ended up doing her online courses. And then like, you know, when I did the, the, the four week course and we went to Tulum, it was like, it was amazing. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, like she's actually teaching you stuff that you're going to use in like in country, like asking for a menu, asking for the check, uh, just things that you really weren't necessarily learn in college. Like, I feel like you kind of focus on that, but I don't think that the, I don't, I don't, I think they just teach you more like theory or like what was happening in the era versus like, okay, if you go to this restaurant, this is what you need to know, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Or if you go to the beach, these are like, they don't really focus that much. Um, just, just with my experience. So, you know, mm-hmm. taking, Hey, Dr. Course, courses like was amazing for me and like i remember like this the next time i had i traveled overseas to the spanish-speaking country it was cuba and i was still nervous and i'm just like but i had the intentions on speaking more spanish and i'm like okay at least like you have, you're going to do it like you're going to get out of your comfort zone and you're just going to go ahead and, and you're going to speak it so when we got to the airbnb the woman christina i will never forget it she was like rolling she was just like um she was asking us like to give us our passports and our information to sign in and we all kind of gave her like blank sp- stares and she says in spanish she's like oh so y'all come to come to cuba and you don't speak spanish and then finally i'm like you know going to spanish and i'm like talking to her and then like i was like you can't be scared anymore and you know after that and like you know going to tulum and going to cartagena i just like solely was just building up my confidence again and um that's just something i want to use or or the tool that i have like those online courses because once you do the courses you you have access to them and Mm -hmm. i don't know if i'll be going to a spanish-speaking country this year i don't know if i'll be going to any other country this year but i just want to make sure i'm I'm, you know improving my skills and just making sure i don't don't lose that how has it been for you traveling as a black woman You know, it's funny because sometimes like I try not to think that that has an impact on my travels. And then I get a reminder that it does. For example, um, when I went to Indonesia in 2018, I had a layover in Shanghai, China. And it was about 12 hours. And originally I wasn't going to leave the airport because I was nervous, but I ended up having to leave because our flight to Bali got canceled. So I don't know how I managed to do this, but I slept pretty much that whole 12 hour layover. I I wake up and I'm, I'm looking at the flight to Bali and it's like flickering back and forth and like Chinese to English and it's saying canceled. So I'm like, Oh my God, like, you know, what, what happened to this flight? Like what's going on? And the woman, she's like, Oh, like your flights got canceled. You need to go to this hotel. And she writes it out in Chinese. So I'm just like, Oh Lord, like, I don't even know how to say this, but I'm just going to show it to the taxi driver. So everybody who was on my flight, they got on the bus that the, the, the airport or the airline provided. So I got left behind cause I was sleeping. 
So I, I go out to, you know, and before I leave, I'm like, how many yen will it cost me to get to here? Because I wanted to make sure like I had enough money converted. So I go out to the taxi cab or the taxi line and I, I show them, you know, what was written on the paper. And I'm like, can you take me here? So we're driving and he drops me off and I have to exchange my money. So I exchange my money and we're literally like, the only way we're communicating is through a, a calculator. So he puts how many yen and then I clear it and I'm like, no. And I put how many yen they told me at the airport that I needed to pay. And this guy goes off on me. Like, I mean, thank God I didn't speak Chinese because he was probably calling me all kind of racial slurs. And all of a sudden, all these group of like Chinese men are just like standing there watching. And I'm just getting uncomfortable. Like, why am I going to sit here and get cursed out by these Chinese men? Chinese, I don't know what he's saying. And this group of men just watching. And it's just like, I felt like had I been like a white person, a white woman, like I felt like that experience wouldn't have, have happened the way it went down. So I'm like, okay, I see the woman at the, at the, um, the concierge stand and at the hotel. Cause at this point he, he we're at the hotel and I, and I go to her and I'm like, Hey, like, I just, I need your help. So she has this app on her phone where wherever she says in Chinese spits bad out in English and vice versa. So I'm telling her and explaining to her my situation. And when I tell her how much he was charging me, she went off. All of a sudden, she starts screaming at him in Chinese. So I'm just sitting there with the money in my hand, watching them fight. And like, she goes like to the car and she's like, her, like she asked me for the money. So I give her the money and she throws it at him. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is just a whole thing. So finally, like, you know, I ended up having to pay him how much he asked. And she was just like, don't worry about it. Like, I'm going to lodge a complaint. I have his information. Um, We're going to try to get your money back. So for me, it was like comforting because I felt like, you know, she was trying to help me. Um, But again, like I said, that experience may have not went down like to someone that was like white. I I just honestly feel like it would have just been a different experience. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that stuff in my head but like after things calmed down and like I I went into the hotel and checked in I went to go grab some food so there was this restaurant next door and I went in and like everybody was pointing at my hair and like just saying stuff like in Chinese and like just literally like staring at me and like pointing at my braids and I'm just like oh my god like I'm trying not to think that these experiences don't affect me like being a black woman but like they're clearly like pointing at me looking at me like because I am black and because I have braids and because I'm so different and um you know I just went back to the hotel and I was just like over China I mean the food was good don't get me wrong those noodles was like fresh like you could tell like they made those like really like like that day like um the food was just awesome but I just felt like crap because I'm just like why did I get cursed out in Chinese? Like, why did this group of men watch me just get cursed out by this man? Like, why are people pointing out my braids? And it really was not a good experience. Like, because of that experience, I don't want to go back to China. Like, and it was only a layover. But I'm just like, 
I have been so traumatized. Like I can't go back. And one of my best friends in college, I was roommates with, she's actually from that city, um, Shanghai. And she was like, Oh, at least, well, you know, cause I told her about my experience. She was just like, you know, in general, Shanghai is like the New York. Mm-hmm. People are just rude and they're hustling and they saw that you were a foreigner. And like, you know, I'm trying to tell her, I'm like, but it's because, you know, I'm black and blah, blah, blah. She was just like, well, it's just more so you're a foreigner. Um, but yeah, it was, it was not fun. And like I said, I try to go into my experiences and I try to like think like, okay, my experiences are different. They're the same as everyone else's, but they, they're not especially when you're in like predominantly like like Asian countries like that, you do get a lot of attention. Is there any way you like to explore a new place when you're traveling? Um, I would say, I would say Instagram lately has been a great place to start because there's so many amazing pages that that feature black people and black women it's like say for example like um indonesia like when i was thinking about going to indonesia i i researched a lot of articles online but i didn't feel like really connected to the content and i'm like okay it's saying to do xyz it's saying to go to Semenyak. it's saying you should maybe go visit a booth but I just felt like overwhelmed. Like I couldn't ask the content like, okay, well, who was your driver? Who was this? So hold hold on real quick. You, you did say that most of your traveling was through the university. Have you ever done a solo trip by yourself? Oh yes. Okay. (laughs) And this was before, this was before Instagram was a thing. Like I had Instagram, but Instagram definitely wasn't where it, where it is now. Um, it's definitely evolved since it, since it first started. Um, so remember, I told you I would always go to the to the study abroad fairs and just figure out what they were doing and what programs they were running. My minor in college was Arabic studies, and I really wanted to invest more time into building that skill and more money and, and immersing myself abroad. And that's when I went to um, Jordan. And I, I remember when I was at the study abroad affair and he was just like, I was looking at different programs and they're like, well, you know, you've been to so many places. Like, why don't you, won't you find something on your own? Because it's just way more expensive to do it with the university. And they were like, it'll be cheaper if you just find a, you know, accredited program overseas and just go yourself. And when he said it, I'm like, a light bulb. But then also that fear came up because I'm like, wait, but who's going to help me? Like, I have to do this all by myself. And literally, like, two weeks later, my brother, you know, sent me a message. And he was like, hey, at least, like, there's this program in Jordan that, you know, focuses on... um, you know, studying Arabic and also religious study because I am Muslim. So it was through my mosque, actually, that was promoting the school. So I'm like, okay, like, this is an opportunity to, like, focus on my spiritual side and also to build my language skills. Um, 
So I, I end up doing it. And like, I remember like there were so many barriers that I put, my, put in front of myself. I'm like, okay, well one, like I'm scared. Like, how am I going to find something? And then within like within a week or two, like my brother shows me this program. And then I'm like, well, financially, like, I don't think I'll be able to do it. And like literally like money came my way and I'm like, oh my God. And I remember too, they were talking about the dress. Like, even though I'm Muslim, I don't, I don't cover. Um, but in Jordan, I would have to wear a hijab full time. So that was another thing. I'm like, do I, do I feel comfortable, you know, you know, covering up or being forced like to cover up and, I ended up doing it and I was just like, you know, whatever. And I was in Jordan for about a summer and that was my first time overseas. So again, like that one was a bit easier because they helped me with the visa and the school. It was still with a school, a university. So they, they helped me um, in a lot of ways. But I think my first like solo, solo, solo trip, like ever, like really, really doing stuff for myself is when I, when I graduated and I went to Morocco and I did another like um, Arabic program out there. And I don't know how I made it through that trip. Like I went to Morocco, Spain, France, and then I went to the UK. And at this time, like I didn't really have a lot of money to travel. Like I just graduated, like couldn't really find a job. Um, I was still like, you know, waitressing at the time so you know I had some savings but not really that much I think when I when I left to go to Morocco and I was going for the entire pretty much summer I probably only had a thousand dollars in my account and I just mentioned four different places that I went and um my family was super supportive like I would reach out to my brothers and I'm like hey like can you send me some money? I'm broke. <laughs> and they would just send it to me. And I, and I paid them back once I came um, back to the United States and I was working again. But that was probably like the, the first real solo trip I've ever done. And I booked it a week before I left. I will never yeah. forget because I was going back and forth like if I wanted to do it. And I found a ticket on Yakta. It's like another like search engine. Yeah. And originally tickets to, because I was supposed to be in Fez. So that's where the program was based in, Fez. Mm-hmm. But flights out to Fez were $5,000. And I'm like, I can't afford to pay $5,000. So the program, when I was emailing back and forth with them, they're like, won't you fly into um, Casablanca and then take the train down? So I'm like, okay. So she put all the details in the, in the message. So she did help me. But navigating and doing that all by myself, I still look back to this day and I'm like, I cannot believe you were brave enough to do that. Because, (laughs) I I mean, I'm telling you, so it was like a crazy funky flight. Like I left from BWI and I flew into New York. I had to stay in New York overnight and my flight didn't leave about 10 a.m. that morning. And I remember I was in the airport and I met this other girl. She was traveling to Vietnam and we were kind of like airport buddies. Like when we slept in the airport, we just watch each other's stuff. And this guy had came up to us and he was like, Hey, like, are you spending the night here? And we're like, yeah. And they're like, Hey, I work at the airport. I live, you know, down the street. If you want to spend a night in my house. And I'm like, Oh Lord, they trying to kill me at the airport. Like it, it, I didn't even leave the country yet. <laughs> I'm like, 
no, I'm not going to your house, sir. Thank you for the offer. But like when you're desperate in the airport like that and you're sleeping like on the floor or like you're sleeping on the seats, those offers kind of look a little tempting. No, no. no. (laughs) When you're young and at the time, (laughs) for me, it was partially tempting. I'm not even going to lie. because it was right, girl. Listen, I'm just going to be completely honest. I'm not going to lie to people because <laughs> that would take it. Like, part, that one part of me, when I was on that floor, like, man, he do work for the airport. You can't trust him. But then, of course, like, the other percentage is like, hell no. What are you doing? You can't do that. So, of course, I didn't go to his house. But there are situations where people are, like, so desperate that they may think about it. But, um, you know, I was just like, no. Like, I sucked it up. You know, I stayed at the airport. And the entire journey probably was like a, a good like two days. So I flew out of um, JFK, I flew into Fez, stayed the night in Fez. The next day took a train down to, no, no, I'm sorry. I flew to Casablanca, said Casablanca, and then took a train down to Fez. And I made it. I'm like, girl, you made it. How the heck did you do this? And then one of my really good friends at the time, she was in law school and she was doing an international law program in Spain. So she was like, Elise, meet me in Spain. And I'm like, girl, I ain't got no money to book no flight. Like, what do you mean? She was like, so one of the girls that I was staying with in Morocco, I was rooming with, she was like, oh, you know, you could take a ferry from Africa to to Europe. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah. And it's like really cheap. So that's exactly what I ended up doing. So I took the train all the way to the the north of uh, Morocco then went to the to Spain and then took a bus to Madrid and I met my friend and like like I said to this day I'm just like I don't know how I did it I didn't have any internet my phone wasn't working <laughs> like nothing yeah. and, and I think it, at the time too it was Ramadan so I was like fasting mm-hmm. and I'm just like like when I think about my young self I'm like girl like you were so determined to do this trip <laughs> You were so determined, but I mean, I wish I had this sense of Instagram because, like I said, like when I went to Bali, I I had no idea like where to stay. I didn't know. It's, there's just so much information and so much content. But like when I was reading, and then I'm like, okay, screw this. I'm gonna find someone that just traveled to um, Bali. So there was this woman that I saw was reposted on one of the like it was either Black Travel Feed. But like black girls travel to one of them. And I'm like, hey, like I just saw that you went to Bali. Like, where is this spa located? How much did you pay for this? Where was your driver? And like she just gave me so much brilliant information. So now I feel like it's a lot easier for solo travelers because like you can go on these black pages and just like reach out to those to someone and like really kind of get into their brain and pick their mind versus just going to an article that you read that's posted by Essence magazine. Yeah. Like, you know, because that's exactly yeah. where I started. I was like reading Essence magazine, what it was saying about Bali. And I'm like, this is just too, it's like a, a whole overview, but I need more details. Like I need to get into the nitty gritty. Let me ask you, Elise, how do you like to celebrate? Oh, um, I love having a gathering. I love having gatherings. Um, I just love having gatherings. Like when I graduated grad school last year, I had this nice party. Like it was like 
so bougie. I got a whole cheese tray from Wegmans. Um, I got this like amazing Caribbean food, um, had a DJ, had all my friends and family. Like I just love getting together with good food. That's how I love to celebrate. And then if I can't do that, then it's traveling somewhere. And I always like to ask guests, how can listeners support your work? So where can they go to to boost you? Um, so you can follow, you know, Black Girl Travel Slay. Um, you know, and you don't have to follow if you don't want to, but, you know, they use a the hashtag, um, you know, tag it if you want your content. Because for me, I'm always looking for content. Like you said, like, I am pretty much reposting everyone's content. That's how my page survives. So I need you. So if you have you know amazing content around the world that you would like to share, um, that you haven't posted or shared on the internet, just tag it. Um, DM me, Lily. If I don't respond on Black Girl Travel Slate, you could DM me on Lily Talks. Um, you know, find me there. Just send me a message like, hey, girl, I'm going to send you a message but you didn't respond. Um, but yeah, that's that's how you can support the page. Um, yeah. yeah. And also be on the lookout for possible September dates for the Bali trip. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping. And it's funny because, like I said, like everything I do, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm like, I have this fear. And I was even nervous about promoting the Bali trip. And because of all what's happening, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to cancel it. I just don't want to deal with it anymore. And the part of me is like, no, like, let's just push it back to September and see what happens. So we're playing the first week of September. Um, so look out, you know, for a post pretty soon within the next week or two. Um, but yeah, we should definitely decide about then. But yeah, we want to we want to meet everyone that, you know, booked the trip. And we're so grateful that everyone that booked with us and trust us. And we're just excited to meet, you know, everybody, create content. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing your experience with the girls. Yeah. Yeah, we I, we went we went a while. <laughs> appreciate having like, you know, just being a part of the, the conversation and just being featured on your, you know, podcast, this is an amazing place to, to celebrate women. Like when I saw Vivian reposted, I'm like, oh my God, how did I not know about this podcast? So I'm so happy, you know, she was able to, to share your amazing work with the world. So I'm excited. Oh, thank you. Now you get to share it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And if anybody has any more questions, because like I said, I ramble a lot, so I don't even know how this may come out. <laughs> but I just, I really do appreciate you asking these questions and really just doing your research. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Very impressed. Well, we will speak to you soon and we will see you on Instagram. Yay. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.